0: Here we go. This comes to us from our good friend Jordan Maywood. Steamed clams. You call hamburger steamed ham. Yes. Hello. Welcome to the Liberal uh, My name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the Lacadaisical Liberal Cubicle. the show that you're listening to right now is a journey into my mind. <laughs> You poor, poor lost souls. How did you find your way here? Uh, I should say that I do this journey. I take you with me. Because what am I going to do? Just sit with, say, The Misses, for example, and talk about all the movies I've watched? Talk about all the TV, the books, the games? Who am I going to just sit down and talk about all the media I've consumed and bore the hell out of? No. And it's it's you who will listen. Because you are, by definition, I suppose you could push play and have it on in the background and not really be listening. That is a scenario that can exist, okay? But maybe you are listening. And if you are, I should say, that if you have not consumed some of this media yourself, the possibility exists, I could spoil it for you. So I warn. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and call this a spoiler warning for any of the stuff mentioned in the show notes. Do you read the show notes? I don't, and... Uh, a podcast I never read the show notes why do I make show notes I don't know I I, I guess because yeah the the whole spoiler thing if you see a movie in there uh, and I start talking about it you're not going to be too surprised right right uh, I haven't recorded in a while um, it's the whole uh, the virus thing so, uh, I, I've just sort of been, um, not consuming as much, or, uh, I spoke about this, I think maybe last episode that I've been watching, uh, Critical Role, uh, season two from the beginning, and that is a lot. So, uh, basically that's what I'm doing in terms of media consumption for the most part. That being said, I got a goddamn jam-packed episode, so I don't know what I'm talking about. I think it's that I am, uh, spreading out the podcasts uh, in order to get a sufficient amount of stuff to talk about. Maybe that's what's happening. I don't know. I don't know a lot of things. A lot of things up in the air. Um, I'm basically built for this thing. Staying at home is something I enjoy more than anything else anyways. So uh, I'm not having too tough a time of it compared to people out there. That is for goddamn sure. Uh, potential. Got a text from a, a guy uh used to be uh, good friends with. Haven't seen in... F- Geez, uh, years probably, if I had to guess, uh, he's talking about setting up a Zoom uh, sort of get-together tonight. So we'll see if that pans out. I don't know. It's just, uh, you know, curious. Curious things like that, the age we live in, interesting stuff. We're not here to talk about that, <laughs> though. We're here to talk about um, things like pushing this button. Today's movie monologue sponsor is Wiley Coyotes. Thank you for that sponsorship. Movie the first from 20... uh, 2009? (laughs) Who says that? From 2009. Oh my god. Uh, Zombieland. Yes. A shy student trying to reach his family in Ohio. Gun-toning tough guy trying to find the last Twinkie and a pair of sisters trying to get to an amusement park. Join forces to travel across zombie-filled America. You know what's funny? Uh, I saw yesterday, and this is not so much funny haha as you will realize when I say what I'm about to say, and that is uh, there's been some studies that COVID uh, can have effect on some people's uh, sort of neurological stuffs, um, things including seizures or uh, uh, memory issues, things of that nature. So basically it's having effects on brains. Now, I don't want to alarm anyone, but uh, 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 viruses that affect brains can lead to things like zombies. So, you know, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Uh, If you haven't seen this movie, for shame. It's a classic uh, pity-envy situation. I pity that you haven't seen it, and envy that you will get to see it for the first time. Uh, Easy 5 out of 5. Comedy, darkness, uh, zombies. Uh, I find... Zombie comedies are not unheard of. There's a lot out there. This is probably the best one. Zombie pretty good. <laughs> the title, the title of Zombie Beavers, you know that that's that's a just a good title regardless of genre. Um, Woody Harrelson, great. Uh, everyone good. I uh, highly, highly recommend Zombieland from 2009. If somehow you haven't seen it. Uh, It's probably a movie I'll dust off every once in a while. So, recommends, needless to say. Moving on to Death at a Funeral. Oh, more death from 2010. Oh, I thought this was newer for some reason. Huh. A funeral ceremony turns into a debacle of exposed family secrets and misplaced bodies. Mm, That doesn't really play a large role in it, the whole misplaced bodies part. That's just like a joke at the beginning, so. Uh, Yeah. Got a lot of big names in this. Got Keith David, Loretta Devine, P- Peter Dink- Dinklage, Danny Glover, Regina Hall, Kevin Hart, Martin Lawrence, just to name a lot of them. James Marsden, Chris Rock, Zoe Saldana, oh my god, Luke Wilson. A lot of names in this. Uh, it is a comedy. Uh, it has also got some darkness to it, and it's got a bit of a feel, and this is probably why I enjoyed it, of a... Uh, I I know I've mentioned this at some point uh, on this podcast, uh, that Frasier episodes where there's a party are usually the best ones. (laughs) Like, uh, I I believe a farce is what you would call those. And this is very farcical. So for that reason, rating wise, ooh geez, Death of a Funeral, I'll go with solid 429 yeah, uh, I don't know what rating I'm going to give movies and uh, before I start talking about them, so the fact that this gets a 4.29, you know what it was? I, I, th- this is my thought process, so you can get a sort of picture into my brain, such as it is. Uh... I don't think I could have given, my thought was, uh, I can't quite give it a five. It's not that great. Uh, four, no, not high enough. And then I started saying the words four point, And then I ended on two and I'm like, eh, you know, it's better than 4.2. Uh, I wish I had a said higher. <laughs> and then I put the nine at the end to make up for that. That was my thought process. Oh, God, what am I doing? Uh, The Biggest Little Farm from 2018. Documentarian John Chester and his wife, Molly, worked to develop a sustainable farm on 200 acres outside of Los Angeles. Uh, Seemingly picked a uh, spot where growing things is not what the land wants to do. (laughs) But it it is very, very fascinating, Doc, and must have been filmed uh the missus and i tried to figure it out uh over the course of like a decade or something really long maybe it was even more than that it was like seven years decades, somewhere in 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 that neighborhood and it was the the the, the whole premise of this is is it viable to do uh, to to start a farm that's not the sort of mass production farms that are the norm these days. Uh, sort of a more old school, uh, holistic. Yeah, sure. Let's use that word. Uh, holistic approach to farming and uh, sort of the, the ups and downs that entail. And one of the visionaries. Yeah, let's go ahead and call them the visionaries behind it. Has this sort of theory that, uh, it's going to take time. But when, uh, when eventually you've reached the sort of level of your farm, uh, everything's going to work with one another to such a degree that it sort of sustains in a, in a, in a literal circle of life, uh, sort of a real fascinating to see the ups and downs. And, and that's sort of the coolest part, um. They'll have things happen on the farm. It's almost like the the old lady who swallowed a fly and then and, and they keep sending things into the old lady to fix it. and that's what happened in this movie. So uh they have the 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 dirt, the earth is basically dead. so they have to let like uh, grass grow on it in an orchard, which uh, brings the life back to the dirt and helps the orchard, but then it brings slugs um that are eating everything and then the slugs attract birds and the it's it's like this whole ongoing thing where everything bad that happens is eventually sort of turns into something good it felt like uh, it was very very cool to see Uh, biggest little farm... Jeez, do I go 5 out of 5? Okay, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll go 4.3 out of 5, but I'm gonna bump it up to 5 just for the sheer amount of time that this documentary took to make. They they, they earned a little extra points for that, for sure. Moving on to The Farewell from 2019. Just realized I've had a lot of death in this episode. (laughs) A lot of death-related movies from zombie land to the farewell uh, a chinese family discovers their grandmother has only short while left to live and decide to keep her in the dark scheduling a wedding to gather before she dies and the wedding is a farce hmm, farcical you might say word of the day oh should i maybe make that the title uh farcical word of the day normally i don't have a title before i start recording um, sometimes one is obvious before I start recording, but this one nothing jumped out at me. Uh, yes, yeah, so apparently in uh, a Chinese culture, this is not an unusual. I don't know if this movie can be believed, this is not an unusual thing that uh, a doctor will discuss with the family that uh, say a grandmother is about to die and then the family makes the decision whether or not to tell the grandmother which is you know the missus and i had the sort of discussion of yes to our western brains this is crazy but um there's there's there's, there's sort of both sides can easily be made i feel like for why this, is this a bad thing or is this a good thing the 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 the, the good thing if it can be classified as such is that uh, this person gets to live not in fear for longer than they would have if you tell them right away that sort of thing so I don't know it's very very interesting Uh, a lot of uh, sort of a a moral dilemma moral choice uh, um, brought up some good questions Uh, it was just a good movie Uh, stars Aquafina. she's sort of the we're we're experiencing it through her eyes for the most part Uh, she was good uh, rating wise, geez, I'll go 4.4. 4.4 4. 4 is what the farewell gets from 2019. Moving on to Apostle from 2018. In 1905, a drifter on dangerous mission to rescue his kidnapped sister. Oh, is a sister. I'm not sure if I ever knew that. Sister tangles with a sinister religious cult on an isolated island. Uh, So this started kind of slow and boring, and I didn't like where it was. It just felt kind of meh. Uh, But uh, things eventually sort of became very interesting in that there was an introduction of a sort of supernatural element to that uh, description, which uh, I very much liked because just the uh, addition of that... Uh, this comes up a lot that movies I like are ones where I don't know what's going to happen next. And this movie started out feeling like, oh, okay, I know what's going to happen, blah, 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 blah. Uh, but then when you add supernatural type stuff to a movie, you have you, you have no idea. You, you potentially can have no idea what's going to happen because anything can happen when supernatural mystic f- magic stuff can happen one of the reasons uh, I-, I think I like D d so much is because with the addition of magic uh, you re- uh, in-, in reading fantasy uh, you really have no idea what can happen because anything can and I liked it and uh, and I like this uh it didn't blow me away though I'll go 3.7. Again, uh, I don't think I've said it yet. Uh, Rating scale is 3 is, for me, enjoyed while watching, but probably wouldn't watch again. Uh, And, you know, I liked it. Moving on to, from 1992, Sneakers. A security pro finds his past coming back to haunt him when he and his unique team are tasked with retrieving a particularly important item. Particularly... It's a word that often gives me difficulty. Uh, A lot of big names in this. Uh, Robert Redford, Sidney Poitier, Poitier, Dan Aykroyd, just to name three. (laughs) Uh, Sort of a, I don't know if you would call this a quintessential uh, 90s action. No, I I don't think you would. Um, Got uh, definitely a heist vibe to it. Sort of a pre-oceans feel, maybe a little bit. Uh, ben Kingsley as a bad guy which right there you're going to get a point <laughs> uh, it's a movie I have seen this has got to be maybe only second viewing maybe third viewing I can't actually recall it is good I I, I do like it um, I, I think I s- heard people talking about it on a podcast or it was on some list of underrated movies something to that effect uh, and yeah I think I could verify that rating wise I'll go just a solid 4 yeah no points at all 4 right down the middle sneakers if that sounds interesting to you uh uh check it out uh, if you like that sort of uh heisty actiony get a l- little bit of romance in there uh very pre-ocean's uh, 11 12 13, 15, 15 vibe i would say uh moving on to from 2019 uh charlie's angels okay so uh, this Did not do well in theaters, Uh, critics did not like it, Uh, fans seemingly did not like it. I had the hope that it would be in that sort of so-bad-it's-good category, but uh, unfortunately didn't uh, reach that. Uh, When a young system engineer blows the whistle on a dangerous technology, Charlie's Angels uh, has Patrick Stewart in it, so you know, that's good. Uh, I did like the girl, she's the same girl, is she not, yeah, who played, what is her name, is it Naomi Scott, let's just double check, I have the Imda open as I do for these, yeah, uh, same girl from uh, Aladdin, who I really liked her, Princess Jasmine from Aladdin, really liked her in that, and I really liked her in that, so, uh, in this, so it turns out I am a Naomi Scott fan. Uh, but the movie, though, yeah, it was just uh, not not good, <laughs> not much interesting happened, and it was just sort of blah. Uh, Rating wise, definitely give a point for Naomi Scott uh, and a point for Patrick Stewart, uh, breaking uh, bringing us up to a two. Hmm, sadness, Charlie's Angels, twenty nineteen. Uh, Moving on to Zombieland, colon, Double Tap. Oh, I see what I've done here. Made a Zombieland sandwich. Actually, no. It's uh, all those other movies sandwich on Zombieland bread is how it would work. Uh, Yeah, so it is years later from the first, uh, and they're just sort of living in this zombie world, uh, they did a cool thing, I think, that some of these zombies had evolved a little bit, so they got some more powerful ones. Um, the thing about zombie movies in general, that this one does not do, is I almost feel like zombies pay (laughs) play a smaller role in sort of the action. Uh, I don't know if that's accurate. Maybe this does it as well. Anyways, uh funny uh characters that uh I, I recommend if you haven't seen either of them watch them back to back that'll be fun for you to see sort of what happens uh and and how they progress rating wise uh i think i gotta go four. Oh, did i even rate the first one first one gets five out of five this one gets 4.79 <laughs> there I am again with a nine. Uh was not as good. Uh, uh just because they had redid a lot of the stuff from the first one. Uh you got Thomas Middleditch in here though. That 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 should bring it up a bit. Um funny Yeah, yeah, what do I say about Zombieland Double Tap? It's a good clean actiony, horror y dark comedy DD movie. <laughs> Which allows us to move on by pushing this button. Television talk. Today's television talk sponsor is Mother-in-Law Jokes. Thank you for that. Oh, shit. Pushed a button by mistake there. Rusty, as I said. I haven't recorded in a bit. Uh, this time with Alan Partridge. Oh, Alan Partridge back? Yes. Yes. Uh, from 2019. Somehow I, I didn't hear about it. I, I guess being a Canadian and maybe this is probably true for uh, America as well, um, might not necessarily be in the news that Alan Partridge came, comes back. Uh, despite the fact that he is one of, if not the most jeez that's a tough call steve coogan uh who plays alan partridge uh definitely one of my funnish funnish <laughs> of my favorite most funny sure and i combine that into funnish uh so somehow uh, uh british uh comedic personalities let's go ahead and call them actors um in this role in particular, uh, I've thoroughly enjoyed over the years. Uh, so the I'm upset that I didn't know he came back and recorded six episodes uh, in, in this persona. Uh, in 2019 uh, I feel like this is a character he could just over the course of uh, Steve Coogan's life slip into and out of you know every four or five years just don this character and uh, and and sort of have a commentary on what's going on in the world today and I would be a happy camper if that happened as I am sure many many out there would Uh, if you're unfamiliar with Alan Partridge oh I've never had I don't know if I've ever had a stronger uh, pity envy situation Uh, uh, Because you really do have to check him out. Um, He plays a... It's almost... You know what? It's almost uh, reminiscent of The Office. uh, um, The British one. And I guess Steve Carell, the uh, American one. um, And then you have a character who will generate cringes in you that you have never felt before. um, With an underlying, very, very deeply hidden very deeply hidden uh a goodness to him sometimes <laughs> sometimes not uh definitely more often than not an asshole but uh in a comedic way in, in a lovable uh jesus christ <laughs> what the hell is wrong with this guy way uh he plays a tv presenter presenter if you're unfamiliar, uh, it, it's, it's another sort of very British thing. Like, a, I I guess we have them like a, like a Ryan Seacrest. He would be a, US, uh, an American presenter who would be a Canadian one. I don't know. Nardwar. <laughs> That's not true, but it is funny. Um, <laughs> anyways uh so to t- to have him back in these times uh th- I watched this during the initial days of the uh the the, the coronavirus stay at home and it really really helped um check out this time with alan Partridge easy six out of five yeah six out of five I, I give them every once in a while this definitely gets Conan. today's book Manter sponsor is in of the last home thank you for that sponsorship okay uh if you're following along uh you will know last episode i do believe uh we talked of uh, book one of the meetings sextet which is a six book series uh this one is called wanderlust by mary l kirkhoff and stephen winter uh i god Damn, loved this book could not put it down uh just, let me just get right out of the way which is probably pretty obvious from what i just said five out of five uh let me read the good reads and uh, see if that gives you a bit of an idea of what this is about i like the first uh sentence here stop thief <laughs> that's the first sentence uh which if you know anything about tasselhoff burfoot you know <laughs> Oh boy, Tasselhoff. I missed him. Uh, One spring day, Tasselhoff Burrfoot comes to Solus, accidentally pockets a copper bracelet, and forcibly makes the acquaintance of Tannis Half-Elven and Flint Fireforge. A simple tale. Except that the fate of the entire race of Dragonesti Sea Elves hangs in the balance. How does this piece of kender coveted jewelry lead to the companions and a sea elf princess to ally with the phantheons, creatures with wings of flames question mark uh, the answer lies with a mysterious mage, a broker of souls who knows the bracelet's secret and has a hideous plan to rule the black robes. Wanderlust is the second exciting installment in the Dragon Lance saga. Meeting sextet. Blah 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 blah. Um. Uh. Th- 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 whoever wrote this, wow, you did a, a an admirable job. Uh, it, it's an interesting read. Just the descriptions. Um. The fact that we have Tasselhoff, Burfoot, Tannis, Half-Elven, and Flint, Fireforge together at last, and this is how they met. Um, it's been a long while, years in fact, since I've read uh, Dragonlance involving them. So my memories of those are not as strong as they were, you know, when I read them. Duh, period. That's how books and memorization works. I don't know why I'm explaining that. I'm an idiot. But uh, what this book did, which I think is some of the reason why I'm giving it a 5 out of 5... Uh-huh. Uh, is that it's sort of opened up the fond memories of those books and made me happy that I'm working my way towards them. Uh, definitely strong nostalgia vibes. So my plan, and I think I mentioned this when I spoke of uh, book one, is I'm going to read the Meeting Sex set. So I'm going to read these uh, six books. And then I'm going to hop into the... Uh, you know the the dragons of the summer flame, whatever that book series is called. Um, so I'm I'm just gonna live in this world for a while, for the foreseeable future. My 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 sort of plan there, or my my thought process there is, uh, I was reading. Uh, a book, uh, it was a zombie book that took place in real life, and uh, there was. It, it's like I need these books right now to escape as far from the real world as I can, and the best way to do that is into a world of magic. Uh, also, this has a very strong feel, and I, I feel like I've noticed this before um, that older. This was published July 1st, 1991, so I guess that was the first publishing. Um, books of this era, fantasy books of this era, uh, particularly Dragonlance and Forgotten Realms one, uh, have a very strong uh, d Dungeons and Dragons feel. Uh, like this one, to a strong degree, where there were points where they were talking about cantrips, where they were talking about uh, the, the sea elf princess. She was talking about uh, some of her abilities she could only do once a day. So it's almost like getting into some of the uh, mechanics of uh, spellcasting in D&D uh, uh, outlaid in this book, which is very, very cool. Uh, I, I, I like that. I, I like that a lot. It made me want to play D&D. Uh, so, needless to say, Wanderlust. Oh, Wanderlust cool in itself. That's something that uh, T- Tasselhoff Burfoot, who is a Kender, which is like a gnome, similar to a gnome. I think it's the Dragonlance version of a gnome, maybe? They, they couldn't use the word gnome? Something like that. Anyways, um... They get this the, this sort of f- this this feeling at a certain age, um, uh, itchy feet. I think sometimes it's called where they have to like keep moving, keep exploring, keep looking for shits and giggles throughout the realm, uh, uh, and that's 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 what wonderlust is. So I like that Taz. One of my one of my favorite characters, just just a uh, fun uh, doesn't experience fear uh, sort of character. Is that a kender? I think they're immune to fear. Like mechanically, if you play Dungeons and Dragons, Kender, I don't know if gnomes are. Hmm. Anyways, let's push another button Game Gavin Today's game Gaon sponsor is Crazy Earl's Black Market. Thank you for that sponsorship uh finished borderlands 3 yes we did it we did it Uh, i do still have some uh uh, cleanup post main story missions like uh i saved it uh, at one point where we're just about to enter handsome jack's like casino to try to heist it so i'm sort of looking forward to that but uh, i'm done the main story and uh, I'm going to play something else before I hop back to that. But I do plan on hopping back. And I feel like with Borderlands, <laughs> this has come up a, a, quite a bit. When I say, and and it did happen, I, I don't think I ever did verify. This did happen with Red Dead 2. Um, sometimes I'll stop playing a game. With the idea that, uh, you know, I just need a break from it and I want to play something else. With the idea that I'll hop back in later. And I almost never do. I, I almost, that game, it, it just, I, I never play it ever again. Uh, I did that with uh, Red Dead 2, for example. That's the most recent one I can think of. Now, I'm saying I'm going to do it with Borderlands 3 to uh, go in and uh, complete these last, you know, couple of missions. or Or maybe do some side missions. I can do those as well. Um, but with them, w- with this, I actually think I will because I have in the past with Borderlands games gone back in and done uh, additional missions just because they're fun, sort of pick up and play more of a feel to it. Uh, the, the, their missions often feel, especially the, the side ones, I mean, um, a little more encapsulated, a little more uh, one-shot, a little more, you know, like that. So uh, Borderlands 3, so it was good. Uh, if you like Borderlands games, you will like this. To do anything crazy different than other Borderlands games, not necessarily, but uh, that's that's fine. I went with the. Uh, that's the other thing. I, I I went with uh one of the, the there's four characters to choose from. I went with the girl who uh where you can get like in a mech which was uh, pretty cool, you feel very powerful when you do that, Uh, I would usually use it when I was about to die, (laughs) that felt good as well, Uh, where you get in this giant mech and you have giant guns and you can sort of go around and blow everything to shit so, felt powerful when doing that uh, the guns, man, the guns, <laughs> I did eventually get the gun that shoots guns. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It's literally a gun where you, you, you sort of hold down the trigger button and it builds up a little bit and then it shoots out like 10 guns They're there. The guns that it shoots out aren't very good, but still it's the thought that counts that this game has within it, a gun that shoots guns. Um, the story, yeah, Borderlands stories are interesting, but they never really blow me away. <laughs> excuse me necessarily Mm. this one involved as it does you know going to various vaults opening them up oh okay one thing that this had that previous ones didn't is that you're traveling uh, through space to different planets and you're sort of uh, uh, bebopping around I don't know if it's a solar system or I think it's a solar system and visiting different planets So, so that's fun Um, mechanically it wasn't really much different than just going to different areas on the same planet, so it, 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 although it is different, it didn't really feel different. Like, uh, that's something I feel like they could have done, actually, is have some sort of space battles, something, uh, something more where the fact that your base is a spaceship meant more than if it was just a base on the ground, like, there wasn't really much different. Uh, mechanically or anything it was, it was sort of just the same uh rating wise i'm gonna go a solid four yeah uh very much enjoyed it uh i probably even go four plus because it's the type of game where i feel like i would uh, dust it off every once in a while and play a little bit uh maybe go back in and uh try it with a different character is what i'm thinking we'll see uh, but Borderlands three and and there's DLC. I don't know if I bought the edition where I get all the DLC for free. I think maybe I did because traditionally uh, Borderlands DLC is uh, usually very fun. I think maybe I did. I'll have to look into that. Uh, regardless, check out Borderlands three. Why don't ya? <laughs> Jolly Jolly bit me. Oh! Friday, 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 gotta get down me! This life? internet intercourse i like turtles today's internet intercourse sponsor is golden guys trophy makers incorporated thank you for that sponsorship item the first tom lennon as the tiger king <sighs> yeah on uh, uh stephen colbert's show uh, from home, which uh, which I think we spoke of last week, all the uh, talk show hosts doing their thing from home. Uh, they had on the quote unquote Tiger King, who was played by Thomas Lennon. Which, man, he had that character down pat. So I wanted to bring it back as a a very good, a very good, uh, a very good um, an honorable mention. No, I don't think that's the correct use of that term, but. Uh, Uh, he did a very good job at it so i bring it back and mention it because that's what happens in internet intercourse (sighs) moving on to adam savage talking about his hand injury oh yeah this one was interesting uh, especially the fact that he didn't want to, and and said a couple of times that he didn't want to because of embarrassment. But uh, the, uh, I'm glad he did, and I bet you many others, including himself eventually, are glad he did. Uh, he was, uh, he sort of took apart a, it was a lathe, I do believe, took apart a piece of heavy machinery because it wasn't working well, um, fixed it, put it back together, and was cleaning it, and cleaned it in such a way that... Uh, it was, it ended up being dangerous and he sort of realized after, yeah, what I was doing to clean this was a dangerous thing and a stupid thing. And that's why he didn't want to sort of talk about it. But, uh, uh, he said the potential... And almost like he got lucky that he didn't lose a finger. Um, it, it's just wrapped in a big bandage. Not like he showed it or anything. But uh, I I like him in his videos uh, very much. I'm I'm very much getting into them, where he'll 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 show his favorite tools, or he'll he'll show something he made, or he'll give a little uh, one day build, all, all stuff like that. Because he's a very very interesting, uh, uh, educational uh, dude, and. Uh, Something that made me like him more about this is that despite the fact that he was embarrassed to talk about it and clearly didn't want to, uh, he did it because he knew it would be a valuable teaching tool. And I think that's something he has in the back of his mind a lot. Uh, Is what I am saying, will it help others uh, do things, lead a lifestyle that will be better if they didn't hear, hear me say this thing? yeah so uh i appreciated it and uh, i'm sure others did as well so uh i mention it here moving on to uh clear and vivid which is of course a podcast hosted by alan alda with guest betty white jeez 98 years old when they uh recorded this whenever that was uh and to be honest she does sound it she her voice has uh sort of reached that uh, uh that stage where uh Something about an an older lady's voice, uh, the the they, they have a certain tone, a certain cadence, uh, and she sort of uh, reached it a little bit. Despite that, uh, seems quick as ever, uh, on the ball. Uh, mentioned a couple of times how she's just like a a dirty raunchy old old broad, <laughs> and uh, uh, had a couple of jokes, uh, quick on her toes. And, uh, it was a delight to hear, uh, listen to it with the missus. Uh, it's almost impossible to get the missus to sit down and listen to a podcast. So I knew when Betty White was on one, that was my chance to, uh, at least make the attempt. And, uh, she did enjoy it. So that was good as well. Uh, a a two for one goodness there. Uh, and I recommend you check it out. Uh, Ellen Alda, uh, interesting podcaster, Uh, in that he just sort of uh, explores what he wants to it almost feels like which is a a good podcasting uh, sort of way to go about it just find things you want to talk about find people you want to talk about and talk to them seemingly kind of how he comes at it things that things and people that interest him he'll seek them out and try to uh, talk to them so I like it Uh, next we have troubleshooting PC random restart frustration oh yeah so this is a I wanted to save this for, for the last of my internet intercourse, because it is internet-related, I suppose. Uh, bought a new PC, uh, I guess like at the beginning of the year, somewhere in that neighborhood. And it uh, worked great for a while. Then I would have start having these periodic uh, restarts, where it would just randomly restart for no reason. Wouldn't get any errors, wouldn't get any blue screens, wouldn't get anything to indicate what the problem was. Wouldn't happen while doing the same thing. Uh, I I, I could be doing nothing, I could be... uh, Like, there was no rhyme or reason at all. Which... Uh, made it very very frustrating uh, I tried a million fixes uh, that I found online none of them seemed to work uh, contacted ev- eventually decided okay well none of my fixes are working I'm gonna contact the, uh, the manufacturer because uh, it's still under war- warranty obviously we work through a bunch of stuff some of it seemed to work better than others Uh, But nothing did. Uh, Like yesterday was sort of the final straw where I was talking with uh, the the makers of it. And they're going to send me out a new power supply. Uh, Basically the part that you plug under the wall and uh, everything plugs into that inside the computer. That PCU power supply unit. Uh, I think that's maybe what it stands for. Um, Despite all that. Uh, something happened yesterday where my frustration had reached such a point where not only would it not turn on like it normally it would turn on and like right on uh, it would turn off and then right on again like like it it was quick but uh, a a couple of times it would turn off and then it would take maybe five ten minutes before it would turn on again and I couldn't turn it back on So yesterday in my frustration, I hit it (laughs) just with my fist, not very hard. I just gave it a, like a, like a whack like that. And as soon as I hit it, it turned back on. (laughs) And since that's happened, I haven't had a restart. Now I'm not saying I fixed it by hitting it, but the potential exists that that is exactly what I've done. Um, I, I did let the guy know that happened I, I didn't see I hit it I said I, I was moving it and I sort of jostled at it and it came back on um but uh he said okay well you know open it up and make sure all the cords are attached and I did that and I jiggled at them all and made and pushed them back in harder so I'm hoping that somehow some way despite you know a month uh, and dozens of tries to fix my pc all it really needed was to be hit once with a fucking fist Ah, uh, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. It's been a, a, a lot of frustration. Like, you want, during these times, things like just your computer to work. Things like uh, work to be normal and not crazy. Uh, you, you want some semblance of stability in your life during these incredibly unstable times. Uh, so when it wasn't happening, it was, it was starting to be very frustrating. And I hope it's fixed. Uh, regardless, they're sending out a new PCU, as I say. So I'm gonna have to try to replace it. it sounds like it's a little complicated. Uh, they said uh, I can call them and they would walk me through it. So my thought there is maybe I'll sort of uh, set up a external, set up my laptop with a webcam where they could sort of see me working on it as I work on it. Maybe something like that to that effect. We'll see. We'll see. Oh, what's this button? Yes, we have a little cleanup conversation. I suppose I could have thrown this in the television talk, but uh, I, I like just you know tossing something in the cleanup conversation every once in a while. Like this series finale to Modern Family, for exa- example. Oh, I should say, this cleanup conversation is sponsored by Sofa Vergagagra. Thank you for that sponsorship. Yeah, uh, so I think I missed like the last three or four episodes. And to be honest, when it came to Modern Family... Uh, I I bet you I'm not alone in this. There was never a bad episode, never an episode I didn't like. It's just, you know, ten seasons in, it's sort of difficult to keep the viewer's interest up as high as say in season two or three (laughs) let's say yeah that's a a judicial way of saying it i think not that they were bad just that my interest in the show had waned over the years by year 10 i think yeah okay and that's fair and i don't think anyone would begrudge me that thought i hope uh that being said um series finale was okay uh they sort of uh, they the, they did an interesting thing uh, if you haven't seen it you know um, spoilers as I warned at the beginning of the show Um, where everyone's sort of splitting up and going their own ways which uh, in, in a show that focused so strongly on family uh, I, I, it, and being together all the time friggin way too much in my opinion <laughs> uh, see my family doesn't listen to this the motherfuckers so I can say whatever the hell I want about this uh, them hmm, yeah take that family I'll tell you what, if any of my family members are listening to this, uh, reply to me with the word swordfish, that'll be the password, and I will give you $100. Yep, that's how confident I am that none of them are listening to this. Anyways, (laughs) the modern family, uh, you know, did it go out with a banger whimper? Little whimpery. Little whimpery, but uh, that's fine. Uh, I almost thought, and maybe it's because uh, my interest had waned a little bit, I almost thought maybe I would uh, get some, it would elicit some tears in me. So uh, a sort of sad farewell to this show, but uh, it didn't. So uh, a little disappointed in that. And and again, I don't think it's their fault other than the fact that they've just been around so long. Hmm. It's kind of sad, actually. (sighs) Oh. Jeez, <laughs> way to bring it down at the end. It's a long episode. Uh, I didn't mean for it to go the song, but uh, here we are, folks. We did it. We did it. Uh, I'm hoping next episode that'll be 5:30. Uh, maybe I'll do it. Try to do it next week, so I don't have such a long time between recording. Uh, maybe it'll be shorter episode. Episode. I don't know. That leaves one final thing to say, which is always a final thing to say, which is of course. It's nice to be nice to the nice. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean buts. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot, and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon, something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway.